Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of a new passenger experience series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives of different types of users of the airport passenger terminal including business travelers, leisure travelers, airport executives, airport, airline, TSA, and concession staff, and airport consultant staff, to name a few. For more information on this series and the hosts, go back and give the first episode a listen to. Andrew Palmberg with TDAC is in the hold room today having a discussion with Max and Neil. Please join us in listening to the challenges disabled people encounter in airports. Welcome to the hold room, everyone. We're very excited to have Andrew Palmberg here with us. Andrew Palmberg is a member of the Travelers with Disabilities Advisory Committee at Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport. Andrew Palmberg is deaf and he is accompanied by his interpreter, Sarah Miller, today. So, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. So, before we get started, could you tell us a bit about what you do in your role? Sure. So I'm the current chairperson of the committee uh, that's located out of the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. It's Travelers with Disabilities Advisory Committee. We, as a committee, meet once a quarter for the purpose of discussing accessibility and how to be more equitable at the airport for any user of the airport services. On that committee, is a number of us, but I also represent the Minnesota Deafblind and Hard of Hearing Commission. Great, thank you very much. How has the pandemic affected you, either in your job or in your travel experience? One of the obvious barriers to traveling experiences is the masks that everyone is wearing. As it relates to communication, specifically for me as a deaf person, and for hard of hearing people as well who rely on lip reading. So of course, with the pandemic and everyone is wearing masks, it cuts me off from being able to truly understand other people as they are talking to me. So one of the ways that the Minneapolis and St. Paul Airport has helped navigate that, there was a local Minnesota company that developed a clear mask that was made available for the volunteers and people at the booths or passengers in the airport to grab and use. And so that was really helpful to have a mask like that available. So with COVID, the travel experience really improved for me as a deaf person because with COVID, people are interacting less with folks in general. So as a result of that, many things that formerly we would have to interact with human beings to get are now available online more readily. Like there are apps that we can use to get what we need, services we need. So just as an example, if I wanted to order food before, I might have to go to a fast food restaurant, order very awkwardly at a window. But with COVID now, almost everything, fast food included, they have their own apps that are very mobile friendly. And so I can just make my order ahead of time and I don't have to interact or deal with that awkwardness that I would often experience. Also, don't have to wait in line to pick up food. So that 
has been a good thing. There are fewer misunderstandings between me and whoever it is. So I have heard that from other deaf individuals or hard of hearing individuals where historically our orders, our food comes out wrong. That's not necessarily the case any longer because of the different apps, tools. But with the app, I can order it just the way that I like it and send it and pick it up and there it is. Also, as it relates to the airport specifically in Minneapolis and St. Paul, I know that they have an online service. The app is called At Your Gate, where you can order from any of the restaurants that are available in the airport. And they have a mobile device that has wheels and it will basically roam and deliver to wherever it is that you are, which is fantastic. Awesome. Thank you very much for the thorough response, you know, with respect to the impact that the masks can have on the ability to communicate or the ability to not communicate with people. The clear masks is a super interesting innovation. Wearing a clear mask isn't going to be a solution for every person. Think of it more of like an assistant, even for me as a deaf person or a hard of hearing person. There are still misunderstandings that can occur. It's just one tool that has come about to help with communication or try to mitigate misunderstandings. Right, that just helps with the lip reading. At Minneapolis and St. Paul's Airport, they installed a hearing loop system in the general airport. For those of you who don't know what that may be, a hearing loop system is a charged wire and it's connected to the microphone or PA system. So when a person is speaking into a microphone or the PA, that signal is sent directly to the wire that's usually under the floor or the carpeting. Sometimes it's also installed in ceilings, but for individuals who are wearing assistive listening devices, so that could be a hearing aid, or a cochlear implant, there's a T-coil that is a direct receiver of that information. So the microphone feed goes right into the ear of the person who has that technology. So I hope if there are other planners of airport development listening to this podcast, please keep that as a consideration, hearing loop systems. You can go area by area. So if you are planning a renovation at your airport, please keep a hearing loop in mind very helpful for people who have hearing loss. Andrew, you mentioned that TDAC meets every quarter. I assume those meetings continued through COVID? Yes, we did meet during COVID. We did remotely, of course. Before COVID, uh, when we met in person, those meetings typically lasted three hours, including a lunch break at the beginning of COVID. We did have to cancel one. We knew that it's going to be here for the long term, so we have decided to transition all of our meetings to uh, remote. And the online meetings, sometimes there are barriers because if we have participants watching a computer screen, of course, there's eye fatigue. So we had decided to hold those meetings for up to an hour max for those reasons. And that so far has been going really well. While the attendance was still high when we were meeting in person, it makes it easier for certain individuals to participate that might not have been able to historically because of their disabilities. So sometimes individuals with wheelchairs or other folks can't get off of work, for example, they are still able to attend and participate online because it's easier. And most of us are working from home and it's easy to just have it open. So we've actually seen our attendance numbers stay quite high, which is really nice. So yes, we do continue to meet. And I was going to say TDAC, the committee, is 
all volunteers, all of us are volunteering our time. So I'm amazed constantly at how faithful our, our attenders are, whether we were in person or online. And that just demonstrates, I feel, that people with disabilities really do want to see some improvements in the community at large. All of us are volunteering our time to do it. So we're all invested. That's great. Do you have any observations about how the topics of those meetings might have changed as a product of COVID? Yeah, sure. Some of the topics have changed. Before COVID, we would typically be talking about improvements in the airport, physical improvements, maybe restaurants that need some accommodations or updates, especially with how many people were traveling and the diverse population that the airport serves. Since COVID, as everyone knows, there's been a significant drop in travelers. So we're focusing less on the interior of the airport and accessibility issues, but more so how to integrate more technology features in the airport. I have to say I'm thrilled with how much technology has come along for the ride. The amount of in-person interaction was highly needed in order to make your way through the airport. And now you can use technology to get around apps, communication devices, just to get from the curb to the gate is great. So we're thinking more that way on how to utilize technology for the traveler's experience. Certainly it's on our radar to make the airport itself more accessible, but the how has changed since COVID. At the same time, the airport has taken advantage of a fewer travelers on site to improve their capacity and accessibility. I know that there are plans. There were plans to have a nursing mother's room in the airport. One of the issues that came up with a nursing mother's room was there the door itself needed to have a lock for privacy. However, security didn't like that idea. They wouldn't want someone to just hole up in there and be in there for who knows how long. So the airport had some time now to think about and come up with different solutions to give access to the room and also make security happy. So TDAC, the committee, we were taking a look at it from the perspective of, of a person with a disability. And they had asked us, well, how would a person with a disability gain access to the room? So their first idea was, well, someone could use a phone. They could request access through their phone. Uh, the airport wants to be able to communicate with the person who's requesting access just to make sure or verify that they're using the room for the right reasons. So there were going to be questions asked of the requester or user. We have a couple of hard of hearing individuals on the committee that came back and said, what about a person who is deaf? Maybe they wouldn't be able to understand or interact with these questions in the way that the airport was expecting. And so the airport decided to go ahead with a TTY device, which converts phone signals into written text. So it's a visual message. So then the deaf person would interact on the TTY and type back the response. So that was one way that the airport adapted their plan or the issues they were planning to address with fewer travelers and one way that we got involved. That's awesome. You mentioned there that I'm definitely seeing a common sense in a lot of the improvements that you're seeing that they're very much grounded in technology improvements that affects all passengers' interactions with the airport. Giving people more information and easing anxieties is a boon for every passenger through the airport. I agree with that. And 
in the disability community specifically, we call that the curb cut effect. Because on the streets, you're aware of what a curb cut is. So for anybody who's walking or enjoying a sidewalk, originally, the purpose of curb cuts was for mothers who were using a stroller so that a stroller could traverse onto the road and up onto the next sidewalk section. That was the planned intent. But of course, it has benefited people with disabilities who may use a wheelchair. It has benefited individuals who are blind or have a visual impairment. If they're using a cane, they can sense where the terrain changes. So it benefited more widely people than what was originally intended. So that's the curb cut effect. Yes, there are broad implications for the public at large when you consider the disability community. Thank you. I had no idea that concept had such a name, so uh, I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners appreciate that. It gets to the principle that measures that are designed to improve accessibility benefit everybody largely. Exactly. When you have accessibility as your view or your starting place, everyone wins. Clearly, technology is paving the way for a, a lot of improved accessibility. As a member of a committee that is championing the improvements for people with disabilities, how does the committee, and I guess on a personal level, how do you keep up with technologies in order to be able to present them to the committee and get that into uh, into the, the mind think of the group? So from a hearing person's perspective, I totally understand your question. From a disability person's perspective, People with disabilities often use tech to communicate just in our lives. We were probably one of the first communities using technology that way. Now that technology has improved on smart devices, people in the disability community are often the first ones to quote unquote discover new things, new apps, or how to manipulate this app to do this task over here before hearing people do. If you could make one suggestion for improving the faster experience, what would it be? You'd already mentioned the loop system for future terminals, but what about for existing facilities? To have a TDAC or something similar committee at your airport, um, your own people are your best resource to take a look at your facilities. And you would want to talk to people who are in your area, who will live there, who breathe the air that you do. Your own disability community is your best resource in terms of looking at improvements for your airport. There's not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution with accessibility issues, so talk to your community members. Set up a committee like we have. Ask questions. Bring them the different topics that you're considering. What does a positive passenger experience mean to you? Positive passenger experience for me would mean that the passenger can navigate the airport from curbside to gate without any barriers or obstacles or frustrations. One of our committee members, he is a person who is blind and he uses a guide dog to assist him and navigate the spaces he's in. And the guide dog helps him get around any of the physical obstacles in the terminal. While we were meeting in person, we used a conference room that was a part of the secure area of the airport. So we would all gather in the non-secure area first to make sure we were all together. And then we would travel as a group to the secure area where the conference room was located. And Ken would usually uh, additionally have a person guiding him. So Ken would travel with us with one of his hands on our shoulder or our elbow 
so that we would travel together. One of us would walk in front of him and he would travel next to us. One technology that has come out pretty recently, right before COVID, was AIRA, A-I-R-A. It's a technology that's available to individuals with vision loss or a blind person. So ERA is a wayfinding app. So Ken uses glasses that have a camera embedded on the glasses. So the person who's wearing the glasses is getting input about their surroundings that someone with normal sight would be able to see. So it goes to like a screen and is and really it can be transported anywhere. The information is transported anywhere, but it's basically telling the blind person what is in their environment. So it helps them to navigate wherever it is that they're going without you know, hitting any objects or whatever. So Ken was using that technology for the first time right before COVID, and he was able to navigate from the curbside all the way to the secure area to the conference room where we were holding our meeting without anyone having to help him get there. And he was able to be completely independent because of the technology. And he said that that feeling was liberating. As a person who is blind, he knows that people are helpful and certainly have guided him places before, but he doesn't always want to have to rely on someone else. And that is a feeling that people with disabilities often experience. We don't have to, quote unquote, rely, even though people are very willing and people have good intention. At the same time, just like most humans, we want to be independent and on our own. So to see him experience that and for him to feel that was a feeling that he hasn't had in his entire life. So that technology was a game changer. And now it's something he utilizes every day, not just in an airport, but just the grocery store to get to work on his own. He can ride a bus without assistance and get around and just so many different uses for something like that. And so that's one way I would love to see any and all passenger experiences improved is just be able to navigate on their own from curbside to gate without objects in their way, barriers or frustration. How excited are you about the prospects of augmented reality and and how that could help uh, your community when you're traveling through an airport or just the world at large? So it depends on how it's being used. That would be my disclaimer. And the reason I say that is because you, you may have seen some news articles even about these gloves that can translate sign language, for example, into the spoken word. So from the deaf perspective, or even from a disability perspective, it feels like the hearing world is forcing us to accommodate to make hearing people's lives easier. And so then hearing people don't have to learn sign language, they don't have to learn to make accommodations for us, for the world that we live in. It may make communication easier, But if you want to uh, accommodate us, then I would say learn some sign. Communicate with us using our native and natural language. Sign language is completely different than spoken English. Most deaf people do have some uh, issues with English because the English of American Sign Language is completely different. The syntax, the grammar structure is different than English. Actually, have you seen the movie Star Wars? You know how Yoda talks, right? So the way he talks is actually a pretty good representation of how American Sign Language is. The grammar and the syntax looks like how Yoda talks of augmented reality or AI. If it helps hearing people accommodate my community, I'm all for it. Instead of 
it forcing me or my community to adapt to the hearing world. So I've also heard of this concept of glasses that I could wear. And when a person approaches me and starts talking at me, which happens all the time, then the text appears in the glasses. So that might be something really helpful and awesome for a hard of hearing person. What might be even cooler is if it was connected to a sign language interpreting service. We already have that interpreting service connected. So if a deaf person makes a phone call and I call you, but man, would that be cool if there were glasses I could wear and I'm wherever I am, someone comes up to me and starts talking at me and boom, there's an interpreter in my glasses and I can interact with that person and know what they're saying and and connect. That would be a really cool way that the hearing world could meet me in my world. That's a little bit of a tricky question. I hope I answered it clearly enough. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Andrew, thank you very much for your participation. And thank you, Sarah, for being the liaison. This has been an incredibly informative interview. You're welcome. And I really appreciated being here, sharing my experiences as a committee member and my personal experiences. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm hoping that your listeners also enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us in The Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the-hold-room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again.